and welcome on back to the Birthplace Roundup, the second edition. I am your host, Chris Gianta, sports editor of the Springfield Student and host of Above Replacement Radio. I am joined by Carly Crane, and I am happy to present uh, Amanda Hitchcock, the secretary of TV and the girl boss of Birthplace Studios, and uh, I will hand the microphone over to her now. Thank you for that introduction. I really liked it. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to kick off this roundup uh with did you guys see entertainment this week for sctv3 we changed locations yes loved it yeah it was really cool we actually tried to make it more relatable and kind of more of like a vibe if i do say so myself we had it in the townhouses on a couch with the fireplace going in the background honestly just good vibes to talk about good music and just the entertainment world itself so the fake fireplace was a great addition it kept me cozy (laughs) i was very cozy watching it (laughs) yeah i feel like it's very relatable for students it makes it not like so what's the word just like awkward you know it's like more like relatable like students will be able to watch that and like relate to it yeah it's like a fun segment so why not have it more of a casual location is what we were going for and i think we did a pretty good job of trying to casual it down. Anyways, keep keep the ball rolling with SETV3. We had a really good um, Vosot this week by Irene Rotendo. She did a mental health Vosot that she's actually going to turn into a series. So this week she interviewed a freshman on campus just about like mental health and COVID in college altogether and it was really real and really deep and I think that's like something more we need to talk about on campus and honestly just as a society together so I'm really excited for that series to keep going and here's a clip of the story Springfield looking to complete their first full year with the majority of students on campus it's a wonder how the underclassmen have adjusted to what the an almost normal college experience is like So this is a sneak peek of a larger scale story I'm working on about the real mental health of our students on campus. And I'm starting with the freshman class. This is Professor Amy Crawford's first year Springfield College seminar class. A requirement for all first year students, the course provides an understanding of core curriculum along with an intro of the college's other values. This is just one of many classes first years are taking for the beginning of their college careers. A change for some from the virtual high school experience they had the past two years. Natasha Chantre is a health sciences major, and she says her high school experience was unique, starting with her junior year. So actually my junior year, my experience was pretty much once COVID started, everything was like over. We had occasional Zooms that weren't mandatory, so no one ever really went to them, and we got like one assignment a week. So I really didn't like retain any information from my junior year of high school. It was mainly just like having an extended vacation. Going into my senior year, my school was able to do hybrid since they built a whole new building, and that was nice. So I was there, I think, two times a week, and then the rest of the week would be virtual. And then the end of my senior year, we were eventually to come back all days in person. During her first semester at the college, Chantre dealt with severe mental health issues related to the effects of isolation from COVID, along with the regular nerves of starting college. The first semester of college did not go well for me, like mentally at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ended up going to like a psychiatric hospital and I'm like very open about it to like many people and just kind of like make them aware of my experiences just because I don't 
I don't want it to happen to anyone else. And it took me so long to ask for like the help I needed to, which is a reason that I ended up having to go down that path. Chandra was able to find her voice to ask for help and is doing much better this semester. She's got a solidified friend group and feels excited for her future. But now like I'm feeling so good mentally on like over the winter break, ended up doing like a outpatient program. And that like truly helped me like with my mental health and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm at a really good place right now. I'm feeling good about that. Like the new friends I have um, are the friends like I did have before, but I really wasn't reaching out to due to like my isolation. I've really found like a good support system now in like my second semester. And I do have like different friends that I'll go to like lunch with. I love having them here. They're like a family to me. So just having like the camaraderie on campus and like knowing that I always have someone at all times to go to. Normalizing conversation on a mental health is pivotal to getting others access to the help they need. I'll be continuing this conversation with our students' mental health with more first years next week. Yeah, I think like the freshmen and like the class of 2024, like they really got like screwed over with COVID. Like they didn't have their senior year of high school, their freshman year of college was messed up. And it's just crazy. Like I know a bunch of athletes on the sports teams here are like, they're sophomores, but this is their first time competing collegially, which is crazy. So just like losing that season and like not having the typical college experience while still paying for <laughs> the same price. Um, it's hard. And luckily, like, I feel like I'm not in that situation, but I really empathize with people who are. It's tough. Yeah, definitely. And especially like even just meeting people going into college, like the events were totally shut down. You had to wear your masks everywhere. You couldn't have guests come into your dorms i think like they were so secluded which honestly ruined so many students and people in general's mental health so i think it's really good to actually have a conversation about this and like shed light onto it yeah and like the covid pandemic has been going on for so long and the rules on campus constantly keep changing and just that uncertainty uncertainty like gives people a lot of anxiety like definitely for me like it's stressful and like Last semester, like, I was dating someone who, like, lived off campus, and it was really hard because you couldn't have them in your dorms, and I think a lot of people are in that situation as well, so just, like, a completely different social life, it's very hard to get used to, and the pandemic is still going strong, so who knows when life will be normal again. Yeah, and honestly, like, this is our new normal. Like, we are living through this, and I think that as a society, we just need to keep pushing and, like, making the best of this situation because, what we have four years here. And if you're not allowed to, like, go to clubs, your friends, go out, meet people, like, you're not making the connections and you're not having a good experience. And, like, you can't just waste your life away with that stuff. Yeah. But I feel like this semester is going in the right direction. Like, I feel like, Definitely. like, things are opening back up. The, like, Blake Arena was super crazy for Hoopal. Like, I was saying last week, like, that was the first time I saw, like, 2,000 people in one room in, like, two years. So I feel like things are opening up and like the school mandating the booster, like that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, hopefully it gets in the right direction. I mean, I know that we have a lot of COVID cases on campus right now, but I think that they're handling it really well. And I also think a lot of people are um, like quarantining off campus, which I think helps the school because it's not as much pressure on them. I agree totally. All right. A pleasure to be back. Christiana back on the back on the program um so uh now it is time to get into the world of the Springfield student once again uh so where do we want to start here 
I say we start with sports because that is what we love and write and breathe. Yes. I, uh, you know, very poetic, I would I would say. <laughs> I try. I uh, yeah. Try. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, you can tell you're a writer with the uh, with language patterns such as those. Um. <laughs> Actually, one of my teachers commented on one of my assignments and was like, Carly, that was so poetic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> and it just happened again today. Um, all right. So sports. Um, the bit, the the main story to go over, and I think what was probably the main story of the entire paper was uh, tw- longtime women's soccer coach John Gibson uh, retires after 22 years. That was written by Hayden Choate. Uh, a nice two-page story on his decision-making process and uh, you know why why he decided to leave now instead of maybe a couple years later. Um, you know he's had a very successful career here eight NCAA tournament appearances, seven new Mac championships. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, it was, it was a very interesting story because, uh, previously we've had a, previously we've had a, um, a, a story on him getting trapped in Wales, which is his home country. Um, and, uh, you know how, because of the pandemic, he had to stay in Wales with his mother who was in her mid nineties and uh, that was part of a factor in the retirement because I think he wanted to be home uh, with his mother um, as she is in her mid-90s and uh, kind of needs the physical and emotional care. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, we saw the same thing um, with Melissa Sharp earlier in the year. She was also retiring because of family reasons. So mm-hmm. it seems like this is a pattern that keeps continuing for Springfield coaches. Yeah, yeah, it seems seems to be that way um and it's definitely uh a, a decision you can respect and uh you know it'll be interesting to see uh how he you know who who steps into that role i guess it's you know big shoes to fill considering um his quality resume so so yeah that was the john gibson story if you want to get a more in-depth look at that with some uh uh insight from john gibson himself Go to sestudentmedia.com to read Hayden Choate's article on him. Um, then, uh, you know, I guess I'll talk about my story. Uh, Jack, I believe you pronounce it Mar. Jack Mar. Uh, you know, if you go down the Springfield College men's basketball roster and you look at, you know, hometowns, it's usually like, you know, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and then next to Jack Marr, number 33, is Sydney, Australia. I, I noticed that uh, every, 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 other, uh, every other member of the roster is within a three-hour drive. He, he has to have a 20-hour flight to, uh, <laughs> to come to Springfield College, and that is, because, um, that is because college basketball is not very prominent in the country of Australia. Um, so a lot of Australian basketball players have to come here if they want to play college basketball. And, uh, and, uh, I did email Brian McGoffin, who is the sports media relations, one of the sports sports media relations people at Springfield college. And he said, um, there's, there's no other like Australian athletes that come to mind in terms of Springfield college athletes. So it was pretty unique to, uh, it's pretty unique to the school to have uh, an Australian player here. 
um yeah pretty uh pretty crazy stuff um and if you want to get a more in-depth look at that sestudentmedia.com it was written by by yours truly chris gianta um another another story that uh you want to get into yeah um so daniel corin chris's roommate uh wrote about the men's gymnastics team so he did a little column about why they deserve people's respect and i feel like i kind of touched upon a little bit about what he talked about in my story last week but dan kind of just um talked about how it's crazy that the men's gymnastic team competes against division one schools when the Division One schools have a lot more resources, money, funding, talent, recruiting. But Springfield, they can't compete against any other D3 or D2 teams because they simply don't exist. So I feel like that's something that people don't really recognize. And so you see like, oh, Springfield men's gymnastics, like they lost. And you're like, what happened? But it's like they are competing against these huge schools and with all this money, all this funding. And... Also, like, men's gymnastics in the NCAA is declining rapidly. It's a sport that could soon be, like, non-existent in the NCAA, which is kind of crazy because women's gymnastics is extremely popular in the NCAA. You know, we have Suni Lee competing for Auburn. We have Jade Carey, who was the Olympic gold medalist in the floor exercise. I mean, these people competing in the NCAA, but the men don't really have that same opportunity because uh, there's only 15 teams in the entire country. So I think that Dan really brought to light an issue that is systematic within the NCAA. And that's what I thought was really interesting about it. But did you have any other thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I guess uh, I think, you know, a, a term he used, you know, in the title and uh, in the story was appreciation, like appreciation for, uh, for these athletes because what they do and, their journeys is not quite the same as, uh, you know, the other 23 teams on campus. Um, you know, we talked about it before uh, we recorded, like some of the states and I guess countries that these different uh, athletes, student athletes have come around from, you know, uh, I know in your article last week, you mentioned there was a, a person from Germany. Um, I think Daniel mentioned that as well. Uh, there's someone from Nebraska, someone from Louisiana, um, I think someone from, or I, I forget, I forget the location, but there's people from all over the country and outside the country. Um, and, uh, you know, so they, they're already not close to home. And then given the fact that there's only 14 other, uh, programs out there, you know, they're not all close to, you know, none of them are really that close to Springfield college. So travel is, is, uh, you know, is troubling and you don't have the division one funding for that travel. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of challenges they have to face. And, and Daniel Kern was, his point was to make it, you know, you know, they deserve, they deserve this appreciation from, uh, from their, from their, uh, peers for sure. But yeah. And so then, um, Garrett did a quick kind of recap of Colby Wilson's trip to the NCAA convention with president Mary Beth Cooper um, Springfield won the LGBTQ Athletics Department of the Year Award. So that's pretty amazing. Um, so he yeah. kind of did like a in-depth story about what Colby's trip was like and his experiences in Indiana. Yeah, he went to, yeah, went to Indiana with uh, Mary Beth Cooper. That's definitely something, uh, definitely a pretty uh, high honor for him. And uh, yeah, I think that was, uh, 
I think it was pretty interesting to, yeah, it was a pretty interesting look at, uh, you know, what he was able to do. And, you know, Garrett is, is definitely a very good storyteller. So, uh, he kind of put you in, uh, Wilson's shoes. Yeah. So I guess kind of going through a quick recap of the news stories. Um, I did a story about the Alden street review. Um, they are the literary magazine on campus. Um, they just wanted me to do a story about, um, like seeking submissions. Um, it seems like they kind of have a hard time getting people to write for them and submit stuff. So the deadline to submit articles to them is on February 7th. So if you want an in-depth view of what the Alden street review does and what their kind of goals are on campus, um, scstudentmedia.com. And I would also suggest grabbing a copy of the Alden street review. I was reading through it, um, when I was doing the story and I was very impressed. Um, especially because a lot of people wrote about very sensitive topics, but they weren't scared to write about it and publish it. So that's just the power of vulnerability through writing is extremely powerful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely some in-depth stuff in, uh, in the Alden street review. Um, uh, any, yeah. Is there anything else we should, uh, we should get into before we wrap up here? Um, Kate Kemp did a story about, um, She's starting a series about the history of the dorms on campus. So she talked about Abby Appleton Hall. And oh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, about like all of us, me, Chris, and Amanda, we had no idea that Springfield College was like only male school for a long time. And so Abby was kind of the transition for females to be on campus and to live on campus. So I thought that was interesting. I definitely learned something new. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea that there was a 65 year period of all men being on Springfield college campus. Um, that was pretty interesting. And yeah, it, it's interesting that, uh, you know, women on campus were able to have their own space initially at Abbey Appleton hall. Um, and yeah, I think that, uh, that was a very interesting story to be told that I think a lot of people on campus really did not know. And, you know, we're, we're all pretty somewhat active on campus and, you know, we didn't even know it. So I think that's going to be something that people, a lot of people are going to find interesting for sure. Yeah. And then, um, Nico, also Chris's roommate did a story about, um, a transfer student or multiple transfer students about mm-hmm. how they chose Springfield college or break. Um, so that was always cool. That's definitely a hard transition to come to Springfield after winter break and be a student full time in the spring semester. And then Colin kind of kicked off um, a story about Black History Month and how the term Black Lives Matter is kind of declining a lot in the media. Um, He definitely did a lot of research for that story, included a lot of stats. Um, So that's just one of the many stories that we will have in the Springfield Student about um, Black History Month. Yeah, and uh, next month uh, we are planning to have a a special edition um, for, you know, women's history as well. There's a, you know, we're kind of building the foundation of that, but uh, that's something that's, you know, going to be in the works for sure. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about that. Um, I actually like pitched the idea to Colin because Colin is a special projects editor mm-hmm. and Hayden is too. So they kind of um, come up with ideas for that, but I'm really excited. I don't think that we've done that like ever in the history of the Springfield student. So yeah. And uh, yeah, last year we had a, a big, uh, uh, Black History Month edition that uh, came out like third week of February. So it'll probably be something like that with women's history this 
this uh this march this year yeah and so i guess the last story that we did was um brayden's story about the ice rink and so the ice rink this year is on the abbey appleton green and i have not been ice skating yet but i think it's a great activity to get people to socialize and spend time outside and not just be stuck in their dorms yeah yeah it is uh yeah it's a nice change of pace uh be having people get outside it's you know in a time like this it is best to be outside like even scientifically uh it is nice to be out there um but yeah it's uh i know they did it last year i like i do like the location uh this year as well with the uh with the ice rink it's a uh, right in the center of campus which is pretty nice um so you're always walking by it and maybe a little tempted to uh hit hit the uh hit the ice i don't know if there's another hit the rink there's, yeah, I yeah. was trying to come up with like titles like for the social mm-hmm. media for that page and I was so confused. I was like, what do I do that's catchy? I was having a hard time with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, t- coming up with titles is uh yeah, the worst thing. That is it's so but, hard. Like it's so hard, especially for like social media because you want it to sound like catchy and that people like press on it, but you don't want it to sound like stupid. So Exactly. It's hard, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Th- there's a there's a big balance because I know I know I can make myself sound stupid a lot, so I'm doing my best to avoid that while making it catchy, for sure. Wait, we almost forgot Kate's other story about Ann Wheeler's class, about how they have a display in the union now um, for Kurokon. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's um, like uh, an artistic thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of like paintings, and they have like a little table like with a display. Um, so definitely go check that out in the union, um, and if you want to learn more about it, com again yes of course um and yeah always keep tabs there's a, a good amount of sporting events on springfield college campus this weekend uh that you know we'll you know our writers are going to be covering for sure so uh check out the game stories for all that on com, and uh yeah so that should wrap it up we were pleased to talk to all of you um so yeah we hope you enjoy we hope you enjoyed this episode um you know follow the springfield student at the uh spfld student on both twitter and instagram what's sctv3's yeah i think it's yeah at i think nico might have said at underscore sctv3 or just look up sctv3 on on uh instagram um you'll find something you'll find something related to Springfield College. So uh check all that out and uh and subscribe uh subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher for Birthplace Studios. So we hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next week.